Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Okay, so what do you do when it gets hot? You turn on the air conditioning, right? We don't even stop to think about what we're doing. As the temperature rises, so does the demand for air conditioning. And the more we reach for the thermostat, or the remote, I should say, the more we contribute to climate change. It's a vicious cycle, isn't it? And it gets worse in heavily urban and densely populated cities like ours. According to the International Energy Agency, there are about 1.6 billion heating, ventilation and air conditioning units. By 2030, this number will grow to 5.6 million. This growing demand for air conditioning, of course, worries climate change and sustainability experts, and it should worry all of us. Can we find better ways to cool down as the earth heats up? Aman Sivastriampai, he's CEO and founder of Innovatech Energy, is joining us now to talk all about greener forms of air conditioning and whether we can take them further. Hi, Aman. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Bharti. Thanks for having me on today's show. Wishing your team a wonderful, clean and green 2023. Well, nicely put. Happy New Year to you as well, Aman. Now, I understand that you have a presence in several countries, but let's talk about Singapore first. I understand that solar energy from PV or photovoltaic systems is currently considered the most viable renewable energy source here. Yet experts here are saying that solar power is likely to play a limited role in our road to net zero, around just 10% of our projected electricity demand by 2050. You specialize in solar-powered air conditioning, but clearly there are challenges to making the use of solar energy more prevalent. Talk to us about these. Yep, so uh, very well put, Bharti. Um, So firstly, first and foremost, uh, how our solar air conditioning works is very simply put, it draws power from the sun through PVs and it powers the aircon. If there is no aircon, the technology will revert back to your normal AC electricity grid, the traditional way aircons work. So there's no disruptions in terms of, you know, uh, doing its uh, first and functional job of cooling a room. As you rightly said, um, there are some challenges uh, Mm. in terms of uh, Singapore specifically. Everything is vertically built here compared to some of our neighboring countries. Uh, So we do have a lot of lack of roof space or land space to be able to put solar panels in the way I guess we would like. Right. But then there are solar energy storage technologies that can be used, right? So tell me more about this. And I know that Singapore uh, is trying to develop this arena as well. Right. So I think over the last two years, the buzzword has really been uh, energy storage. We have seen some of the uh, uh, bigger MNCs really uh, start trialing and actually uh, using uh, batteries to power their, their loads. Effectively, you know, if you have a, a building using, let's say, 100 kilowatt load, you can store the ba- uh, energy from the solar to be able to power your operations. So considering the challenges that we have in Singapore, your outreach in this country will be limited, won't it? Well, the other side of the story, as we focus on solar air conditioning, I think, we, like you said in your, your opening remarks, that we have a densely populated and I guess uh, a high usage of aircons compared to a lot of our neighbours. So the air conditioning, as everyone knows, is what really drives the energy costs, for one, and secondly, CO2 emissions. 
So we're really focusing um, as part of our ethos to bring green and, and affordable technologies to the masses where we can really make change on a day-to-day basis. Okay, so how exactly are you doing this? And uh, talk about the affordability part as well. Because right. I think a lot of sustainable solutions are more expensive, aren't they, generally? So to backtrack, uh, we started developing this product in 2015. And we actually sold the first solar air conditioner. Uh, I won't say to who, it's one, uh, one of our universities um, who are trying to uh, uh, look at net zero buildings. And we actually sold the first aircon for 9000 Singapore dollars. Doesn't in, didn't include um, solar panels, insulation, just the air concept was $9,000. We spent last four years looking at the R&D, investing in R&D of how we could bring the price down. But more importantly than that, in the last four years, the technology of our solar air cons has come on leaps and bounds. To give you an idea of pricing today, just the air con alone is at $1,000. For a starting package solution, which means the aircon, the solar panels, the installation, we actually start at $2,800, which is affordable when we look at it from a return on investment point of view. How have you managed to make it so cost-effective? What exactly did you have to do to get it down to those prices? So traditionally, the first set that we had in 2015-16, we used a lot of, um, not to get too technical, but uh, we used some transformers. Today, our version 4 is actually algorithm run. Now, what, what does that mean? We have inputted algorithm uh, into our, our outdoor compressors, which will always take in solar first, solar as priority. In terms of costing, the money spent on technology, uh, and it allowed it the price of the full air-conditioned solution to come down. Explain this to me, because some of my friends have actually asked this question. When they decide on their energy provider, on their power supplier, a lot of them also have a solar energy component. And frankly, if you opt for that, it will tap on solar power as far as possible, whatever appliance you use in the household, until it runs out and then you go back to the regular energy source from the power grid. So how different exactly does an air conditioning unit need to be in order to do this? Because I think a lot of people think that even your traditional air conditioning units can tap on solar power if that's what you subscribe to. That's right. Uh, Great point there. Um, So how our system works is very simply put direct harvest, direct use, meaning to say that we run on solar DC energy. Currently, our infrastructure uh, is built on AC So even if you are buying from a a power provider that generates um, uh, power through renewable energy, it is still inverted to AC and put back into the grid. For us, we take in direct DC, which we see uh, 15 to 20% more efficiency in terms of power loss. And number two is we don't need inverters. We can take in direct. The cost of inverters are... Probably more than our packages that we are selling at the moment. Okay, so this is what's happening in Singapore today. I'm sure that the situation in other countries is quite different and you have a presence in several of them, Thailand, Philippines and Malaysia. What are the challenges that you face in those countries? Or are things a lot simpler there, simply because they have more land as well? And the ability so, to build all of these, all of these types of infrastructure required? So, I mean, every country I've learned over the years uh, has its own challenges, no doubt. Um, For instance, 
uh, in Thailand, the energy prices are subsidized still from the government, meaning to say that if the energy prices are not so high, is there a reason to really adopt this technology? While you do have a lot of roof space and a lot of uh, avenue to put the solar air conditioners, is there really a drive? So that's an example in Thailand, in Malaysia. In Philippines, for instance, uh, the electricity price is nearly double of Singapore. So you're seeing a huge push towards more efficient, I wouldn't say carbon emissions wise, but uh, cost, uh, cost effective uh, running cost of these air conditioners. In Singapore, is there a drive? I know there's a clear drive at the national level, but what happens when you speak to individual households? People who are individuals and making decisions about these things when it comes to their homes and offices. Right. So we get calls every day from uh, people who stay in HDBs and condos. At the moment, we don't have a solution because we are unable to put uh, solar panels. But yeah. I'm excited to say that we are working on something that hopefully we can roll out in 2023 to match our ethos of providing affordable, clean energy technologies to the masses. Having said that, the other side of the story is we have a huge adoption rate in terms of the MNCs in Singapore. With their drives to hit their net zero ambitions, solar aircon is playing a huge part. Like you said, solar panels only consist of 10% of uh, the drive to hit net zero. So our aircons plays a pivotal part of bringing down the energy usages within the buildings. For instance, recently we, we were involved with uh, DBS in the Newton Green projects to hit their net, net zero ambitions. And furthermore, we have done some ATM kiosks for them. So their drive is an example of how MNCs are really adopting this technology and seeing the benefits of it. Mm, but I'm more interested, or rather I would say I'm equally interested in your solution for households uh, that you say could be available by this year. Tell us a little bit more about how you might right. overcome the challenges that are currently in that arena in order to provide all of this. Right. So uh, one example of what we're doing is our, when we first started in 2015-16, one aircon was powered by about five solar panels. Of course, uh, solar power uh, technology or solar PV technology has come on leaps and bounds since then. So our, at the moment, we're typically using about three solar panels for, to run the aircon. Our dream is to have one solar panel, one aircon. And we are quite close to achieving that, uh, number one. Number two is we're looking at other solutions. For instance, where you put your aircon compressor uh, outside the house, we are looking at solutions to put solar aircons there. Other solutions are solar blinds, solar windows. So the technology is coming on leaps and bounds. Uh, we're in testing phase for a few of these technologies and hopefully they are viable and we can roll it out this year. Okay, now earlier you talked about costs, right? That there might be higher upfront costs in some cases, but then over a period of time, you're going to be able to claw all of this back. So if you had to put it in a nutshell, what are the cost savings, the potential cost savings of using solar-powered air conditioners over the long term within the household setting as well as commercial settings? How does this compare to the upfront costs of purchasing and installing the system as well? So firstly, I'll say when you buy a traditional aircon, nobody ever asks about return on investment. <laughs> um, yeah. um, but everyone I sit with, everyone asks, which is fair. Yeah, I mean, um, it's so, a new thing. I'm glad yeah. people are asking questions, right? Right. Yep, absolutely. 
So we've had uh, our technology out there since just before COVID, the end of 2019. We typically are seeing on a 24-hour basis uh, a savings of 55 to 65 percent, depending on the location in Singapore, uh, which leads to a payback of under two years of our product. From the consumer point of view, uh, typically it's not on. Uh, aircons are not on all day. I think you know that uh, you know when we were young, our parents used to shout at us to switch off the aircon when we leave the room. Oh yeah. So, uh, so that still goes on. Um, happy to say it's left without solar aircons because it's using free energy effectively. Um, but from a from a return on investment point of view, typically if you use it um, during the day, um, so in households for instance, we actually tell our clients. If you're using it at night, don't buy our aircon. But the rooms, for instance, uh, the study room, there's been a lot of work from home since COVID started. The uh, children's playrooms, the, the rooms that you use uh, more in the day, please put put our, our aircon in. And typically the savings is about 50%. Mm. You said if you're using it at night, don't use our aircons. But yeah. the fact is that you can store solar energy and it would be useful at night too, wouldn't it, if you can? Absolutely, absolutely, Bharti. The, the issue is that the cost of batteries at the moment, in, in our opinion, is still high. Mm-hmm. Um, as we see a huge adoption in terms of electric vehicles, these prices are coming down. Uh, we are working with uh, our manufacturers and partners to look at a, a long-term sustainable solution uh, and more, more importantly, an affordable solution where we can you know, store this energy. As we talked earlier about your presence in other countries, it also occurred to me that many of them have power grids that are not powered by renewable energy. And I know you said that, you know, your unit could on its own stand alone as a solar powered unit. But doesn't it matter what the national grid is powered by? It does to a certain extent. Um, uh, we, so, so let me get this straight, uh, Bharti. We can take in two power sources. We can take in solar and we can take in traditional AC uh, uh, power, right. electricity. So it doesn't matter if it's, if it's coming in solar or AC. Our system is able to take in both. It is always prioritized to take in solar first. So you're always saving money and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah, but, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people say that if national grids were powered by renewable energy, it would just make everything much simpler, won't it? So what exactly are you doing to encourage nations to do this in a more concerted effort? Yep. So so Singapore aside, I mean, our neighbours, uh, land space is much bigger. For instance, if you take Philippines, there are thousands and thousands of islands which do not have access to stable AC grid. Mm. Um, We are in talks with the governments there to be able to put up solar farms specifically for hospitality businesses, uh, business uh, factories um, that can can actually help power consistently and on top of that in, in a cleaner and greener way. Right. And of course, in Singapore, on a national level, efforts are being made as well uh, towards using more renewable energy sources. As we move forward, though, when it comes to consumer motivations, this is something I'm always curious about. Do they really care about the environmental impact or are they just fixated on costs? 
So, you know, I've, I've been in, in, in this renewable space since 2008. And in 2008, it was all about cost. I'm happy to say in the last two years, I've seen a big trend from a consumer standpoint, and especially from the younger generation, to be able to do something to make change and be more wary of where the energy comes from. Not, not just energy, but anything, you know, like single-use plastics or, or driving electric vehicles, to be able to make change on a day-to-day basis. Okay, so what's next for you guys? Uh, you have a presence yeah. in four Asian nations. How do you see this yeah. growing further? Yep, so we are focused on uh, these, these four countries with Indonesia and uh, India next in our pipeline. Uh, we are currently undergoing you know, all the um, necessary administration in these countries to be able to roll out our technology. You know, our technology, when put out in volume, can really, really make change in terms of lowering greenhouse gas emissions. Another issue that's often come up in the context of third world and developing nations is access to power. How are you tackling this to ensure that, you know, your efforts are at least more inclusive? Yep, like I said, uh, our ethos is to br- uh, bring this technology to the masses regardless of, of where you stay. For instance, uh, in uh, Indonesia, there's a fishing village off the coast who don't have uh, access to power. So when they actually go fishing, they need to refrigerate the, the fish. So we have uh, donated um, you know, solar power fridges to be able to allow them to cool their fish and do their business. All right. That sounds empowering in itself. Thank you very much for your time today, Aman. Really appreciate it. Aman Sivasriampai, he is CEO and founder of Innovatech Energy. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.